by mid-morning I had kind of stopped on the computer and I was I was kind of alone in my home office and I was ugly crying and I was like, okay, wow, all right, I gotta kind of, I gotta pull it together. Tears of frustration for some, joy for others as people try to book appointments to get a vaccine. What a mess. How is this possible in a health and tech capital like Massachusetts? And what can you do to score that golden ticket? I'm Ellie Donnelly. Welcome to the Hingham Cast. I'm so glad you're here. We're a hyperlocal podcast looking at the pandemic, politics, and everything in between through the lens of one small town, my town. But the issues we're exploring are unfolding in communities across the country. Like how and when all who want to will be vaccinated. Click on this and click over here and click on this. It'll send me over here. Okay. Yeah. Currently full, currently full, currently full. They actually have the CVS ones up now. Currently full. Yeah. There's nothing. Stacy Deeds and her family have been trying for weeks to get three appointments on the state's vaccination website. One for her 89-year-old mother, the others for her 85-year-old aunt and a family caregiver. It was um, going on, and then you would get halfway through the process of putting her information in and her medical information. And then all of a sudden, the slot that you had chosen was gone. Mm. So you get kicked back out, you start again. Kicked back out, start again. She put her 19-year-old son on the case. He was on hold um, 180 minutes. And people have had a lot more than that. He managed to score an appointment for Deed's mom, but you can't book more than one appointment at a time. So her aunt and caregiver were not so lucky. As soon as you get an appointment, it seems like that whole date just kind of locks up. Everybody else has already grabbed all the other appointments. How has this process been to your kind of psyche? I th- it's very frustrating. Yeah. I was literally on the verge of tears because every time I felt like, oh my goodness, I'm I'm most of the way through, I'm put- inputting information. And then all of a sudden it would come up and just say, the time slot you've chosen is is full. And then you would have to go back out and start all over again. Mm-hmm. I'm at a loss as to how they expect elderly people to do this yeah. if they don't have somebody helping them. Yeah. There had to be a better way. I think even with Gillette Stadium, I've heard such, I've heard wonderful things, I will have to say that, but I think it's really overwhelming Mm -hmm. for an elderly person to go to Gillette Stadium. And my mom is old school Hingham where you have to pack a lunch to go over the Four River Bridge. So it's, (laughs) you know, to go to Gillette is like, what? What worries you about that for kind of the larger elder community? I Or any, you know, anyone in the community, frankly. Just the fact that there are vaccines out there and they're a much more vulnerable population and they can't access them. And I feel like even now, as they've opened up more and more um, eligible people, Mm -hmm. that it's going to get harder and harder for the elderly because now it's opened up to at least a million more people competing with her to get a shot. Well, now it's finally my turn. I've been waiting. Holly Andrus is one of those people added to the mix in the pool of 65 and older. She's had a rough go, too. Of course, the system just kept crashing. And then we would hear from friends of ours, oh, they have, you know, 300 slots here. Go find it. You know, here's the link. Go check it out. And we'd go check it out. And it it wasn't available. And uh, my husband was, I think, 25,000 people in line for the site at Dartmouth. And I was 36,000 
person in line. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I don't want to take somebody else's appointment who needs it more than I do. Mm. But I'd I'd like to know that I will get the vaccine at some point. I mean, it would be great if I could make an appointment for three weeks from now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I just knew it was coming. But the fact that they only allow, they only release one week at a time, that means I have to go through this every single week. And it's terrible to think about. Yeah, yeah. I wish that Charlie Baker had to make an appointment on behalf of someone and have to actually experience the system himself. Yeah. So how optimistic are you? I mean, when are you going to try again? What's your plan? I'll, I'll see what happens. You know, I, I don't think I have really a choice in the matter. Yeah. I'll just keep, you know, I'll probably check back and forth. Do you worry that someone in your bracket, so to speak, that doesn't have the same resources or abilities or advocacy parameters would give up? Absolutely. I I feel like giving up. (laughs) She didn't give up. After we talked, Holly and her husband landed appointments at a CVS in Randolph. Different days, different times, but booked. Stacy, unfortunately, is still looking for her aunt and caregiver. We're going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, we'll share tips from people who've been lucky enough to get appointments on what they think are the best strategies you should use to navigate the system. We're also going to talk with State Senator Patrick O'Connor about the state's failure here and why he's pushing to get local boards of health back in the vaccination game. We hope you enjoy listening to the Hingham Cast. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button wherever you listen. And most importantly, share us with a friend. It just takes a minute and will really help us survive and thrive. Okay, back to our conversation. I'd like to welcome State Senator Patrick O'Connor, the Republican senator representing Norfolk counties and Plymouth, including Hingham, obviously. Senator, welcome. Thank you, Ellie. Appreciate you uh, having me on. Yeah, thank you. So you're on the Joint Committee on COVID-19 and Emergency Preparedness and Management, and the committee had its first oversight hearing last Thursday. First and foremost, tell me what you're hearing from constituents trying to get vaccinated. Well, I think there's a tremendous amount of frustration. People are just stuck in the system right now. Mm -hmm. There has to be a better way than this. We need to look at this appointment setting uh, to get a vaccine through a lens of customer service and user friendliness. And right now, it's just a it's a it's a very difficult web to navigate, and uh, people are people are clearly getting lost in it. Yeah, and we're not alone with this. PrepMod, who's our vendor uh, out of Maryland, is with I believe fifteen other states, and you know there's some experienced user sort of issues uh, with other states as well. So uh, we have people in the district who own hotel chains, and they have reached out to me directly and said, look, this technology exists. If you are trying to book something for the 4th of July in Boston, you're sometimes unlucky and not able to get an appointment. But the technology is able to grab all your information to let you know if something opens up or offer you different you know, hotels that they own. And I mm-hmm. think that we can implement a lot of that software when it comes to this, because we've really created quite a system. When you look at the delivery and the infrastructure that we've been able to build, those resources have been scaling up and they've been they've been really good. And our numbers, our data are improving to be mm-hmm. the second best, uh, second most injections of any state that has 5 million or more residents. Yeah. And all that's great, but to get into that system is a nightmare and that needs to change. Listening um, to that hearing yesterday, there were some interesting comments for the company um, that created the website, like you were saying, that said that Massachusetts hadn't opted into all of the features that may have made things better, like pre-registration. But then 
human uh, HHS Secretary Sutter said they hadn't thought the features were worth paying for. What's your reaction to that? I think that we should be using every feature that is available on that website. Mm-hmm. That came as a very, very surprising moment during that hearing. And when we were told that there are other functionalities that we just decided not to use, I don't understand why we wouldn't make it as user-friendly as possible. Mm-hmm. We should be leading the way on this, um, especially in the tech sector. And to opt not to use these features is, I think, a, a mistake. I mean, that's a pretty big mistake if if that all bears out, that the company's saying, hey, you could have bought or opted in for this feature where people could have pre-registered. And the state saying, you know what, we looked at that and didn't think it was financially worth it. I mean, that's a pretty big disconnect. I agree. The state has made mistakes. Mm. And now it's time to fix those mistakes, get this system working better, ease the frustration and get people's, um, you know, shots into people's arms. Yeah. I mean, Hingham, and you obviously represent uh, many more kind of economically and, and racially diverse communities, but Hingham is a resource community. But still, do you worry people could just give up in frustration? I do. One of the important points that was discussed yesterday by the individual who runs and uh, manages all the community health centers was the biggest issues are going to be finding those individuals who either gave up or Mm -hmm. who are lost in the system. And Mm -hmm. that's going to be some of the most important work that we do is being able to, to know that, you know, these individuals, whether they're vulnerable or disadvantaged, you know, they, they need to get this, they need to get this vaccine and, and it's on us as a government to be responsible for that. And as we're fixing the website and as we're, you know, hopefully getting more localized delivery, we have to be looking at what the next step of this is going to be. And the way that they described it was, you know, political campaigns, you go door to door, you know, we're going to have to find out who these individuals are. And, you know, we've gotten calls from people who are in their nineties. They're widowers and, you know, they, they don't use, they don't typically drive. They don't have children. Mm. Um, You know, I'm glad that they reached out to us and we were able to connect them with their council on aging and, and get them a vaccine. Um, But there are, I can't even imagine how many people there are out there that just don't even know, you know, to pick up the phone and call their state senator or their council on aging. Yeah. You talk about um, kind of more localization. I want to ask you, you know, emergency preparedness plans for pandemics since 9-11 in Massachusetts have included local boards of health distributing vaccines, um, you know, and, and being another good resource, solid local resource. Well, now here we are in a true blue pandemic and locals have been taken out of the mix. I mean, they arguably know their senior and at-risk populations the best. How do you feel about them kind of being removed from the plan? I, I think that it's a strategy that I hope that they reverse. Um, I understand, given the logic behind it, that if we gave 100 vaccines to all 351 communities, then they would be, it really really would have stressed the system mm-hmm. as we had during the 75 plus. My hope is that we, we put them back online. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that public health departments play a massive role. Uh, when you look at what we charge them with doing when this pandemic started, local boards of health had to decide whether or not specific businesses could open up in, in their community under the guidelines that the governor gave. I mean, he, the governor basically gave the guidance and said, all right, now each local community has to make the decisions for themselves. Mm-hmm. And to, to have them be that big of a partner and then to, to take them away, I mean, mm-hmm. they know their community like the back of their hands. When we talked earlier about, you know, individuals who are senior citizens who may not know where to go, the first place they typically go is their own community and they trust their community. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that it should absolutely be an option. Um, Mm -hmm. But when you can call a local board of health and say, Hey, look, I have a a 93 year old woman in Duxbury who's, um, you know, really homebound. They're able to make that connection and get it done. Yeah. 
quick break to remind you to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. If you want a weekly reminder, sign up for emails on our website, thehinghamcast.com. Donna Mavramati's and her team at Mavril Creative did a beautiful job for us. You can check out all of our episodes there and get links, photos, and more helpful information. Okay, we've been talking with Senator Patrick O'Connor about mistakes. The state's vendor had another problem that directly affected folks on the South Shore. Have a listen. Yeah, you know, I want to ask you about that. Has Marshfield gotten vaccines recently? I had heard they were, they did not have any. They have. So what happened there was PrepMod, uh, the same the vendor of our website, had a tech error where they had listed to the state that Marshfield was sitting on vaccines and mm-hmm. they weren't, obviously. And it took about two days to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And so once we found out that it was a technical glitch, we had to then find vaccines, divert them from various different places and get them to Marshfield. And that took another few days. So it was about four days total that we didn't have vaccines at Marshfield over a mistake that was no fault of Marshfield's. Yeah. You know, again, it's just, it's a lot of frustration with technology when it comes to this. And I think that from the get-go, we could have done it a lot better if even we just did it on our own. Um, You know, we have some of the best and brightest minds in technology right here in Massachusetts, and um, especially in the healthcare sector. And I think that this would have been something that uh, would have been a nice challenge, um, you know, put out a challenge grant out there to various different people. You saw that the person who was on maternity leave was able to create yeah. a better functioning website than than the, what the state had. So, I mean, it was, yeah. you know, there's 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 been a lot of mistakes. But again, I'm not in this to, to blame folks. I'm in it to try and, you know, really right the ship and, and get people the resources that they need. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, in terms of supply versus website and distribution, where do you think each falls? I think that people would be more understanding of the supply shortages and the, the incredible demand if the website was better functioning. Mm-hmm. I think that if they had a clearer picture that, you know, hey, you can book an appointment, but it's not going to be for two or three weeks or four weeks, I think that people would be fine with that. It's the level of frustration that people have where they think, I'm never going to get an appointment. Mm-hmm. We're calling people, Allie, and they're literally crying on the phone because we were able mm-hmm. to get them an appointment at Gillette. And that should that should not be how this is. Yeah. Um, and, it, and, and it needs to change. And I get that there's a strategy out there from the administration not to send out any and book any appointments that uh, don't have a vaccine tied to it. I, again, disagree with that strategy because other states have been able to do it. And I think that at this stage right now, if you booked two, three weeks out of people for appointments, the vaccines are going to be there because the scale that pre- that. Moderna and Pfizer have said that they're going to undertake during March, as well as Johnson and Johnson coming online. Mm -hmm. I think that Massachusetts is, I think the whole country is really primed to get a lot more vaccines, you know, week after week. And so if we just booked, if we just booked 50,000 appointments where, you know, we're typically getting 130,000 doses right now, if we booked 50,000 appointments for next week and 50,000 for the week after that and 50,000 for the week after that, I'm pretty confident that we can maintain that considering it's 30% of what we're getting. And I I don't know why we weren't doing it to begin with. So, you know, there's another tentative hearing scheduled in a couple of weeks. What do you want to see by then? And what do you expect to see by then? I expect the website to be fixed. And I hope that by that point in time, we also have a better plan in place of using our medical provider networks, as well as our local communities. Three weeks ago, we had infrastructure in all of the eight communities that represent Weymouth all the way down to Duxbury. All eight communities were getting 100 vaccines a week and administering those doses predominantly to more vulnerable populations. And Mm -hmm. we had infrastructure all over the place. Mm -hmm. I I think we need to get back to 
that sort of structure, especially as these vaccines continue to scale up. We need to make sure that people have multiple options through multiple different avenues. Mm -hmm. We need to just give people a heck of a lot more options in a much more condensed, user-friendly, streamlined process. And I hope that in two weeks, I hope that in two weeks we're there. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we ask Senator O'Connor about getting back to school and what he's pushing for for teachers. But first, we asked those of you who had gotten appointments for tips, and you shared some great pointers. Here are some good ones. Stay up late or get up early, especially for CVS. People said they had the best luck at midnight and 5 or 6 in the morning. Have your information ready. Put everything you need on a Word or Google Doc on your computer so it's easy to just copy and paste it into the website. And make sure your computer has the information on autofill to make it even faster. Pick later dates. When you're checking availability, go to the latest open date first. That way, you're not fighting as many people for those early appointments. And refresh, refresh, refresh your browser. We've put more tips on our website, thehinghamcast.com. You can get to that directly or through our awesome media partner, The Hingham Anchor. Okay, let's get back to our conversation with Patrick O'Connor. You know, the state has challenged or vowed to get kids back in classrooms full-time by April. Do you think that's going to happen in your district? I think it's going to be a challenge. I think that it should happen. And I think that one of the easiest ways to ensure that that happens is to vaccinate our teachers. And so my hope is that we can find common ground between the teachers unions, the school districts, and the state, because there has been such a toll that this has taken on so many families, and especially our children, that have really struggled with, uh, with this, not just academically, but emotionally. And I, I really think that a lot of work is going to have to be put in that, not just now, but well into the future as well. You know, you have pretty good access to the governor. What does he say when you tell him that's what you think? I appreciate the governor looking at this through the lens of equity, because I don't think a lot of other states are. When you look at this, um, the simple data of what's going on right now, the majority of the tragic death that's associated with coronavirus is happening with individuals who are over the age of 65. And so that's the focus of DPH. And that's something that I completely appreciate and understand. I'm obviously still advocating for educators to get this because I do think that uh, in addition to what we have, I think that we're going to be able to scale up with Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson, and they're going to be available and out there and accessible. And we should have a plan in place now for when that happens rather than be reactionary to once we get those doses in. Yeah. So what would you do? What do you think has to happen right now so that teachers are in the best position to get vaccinated as soon as they can? I think that we need to open them up into this category that we have right now and just get this Mm -hmm. behind us because, as I said, these kids need to go back into the classrooms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the state's going to have to do quite a bit to get these kids, you know, back on kind of mental health level playing field and, and, you know, and so many other things. Um, So if a parent were to say to you specifically, when do you think my child will be back in school full time? What would you say? I would hope that we would be able to accomplish that during the timeline that the governor set out, that that we'll Mm -hmm. be able to get them back into school in April. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think that a lot of communities are actually looking at other communities who have decided to send their kids back and see sort of what the empirical data, Mm -hmm. how that will guide them. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of odd that those kids are sort of the what they're looking at to see if this <laughs> if it spreads in schools or, or what happens when these kids go back. 
But my hope is that, you know, that it doesn't, that these data and reports that have come out from the federal government that say that, you know, there's not super spreading events going on in, in education settings, that it's it's safe if you do it the proper way. Because I think that right now, you know, kind of letting this go, every school district makes their own decision. You know, I think they need more guidance from the, from the state. And I think the state needs more guidance from the feds. Yeah. But, you know, bottom line is kids, kids, kids should be going back to school. Yeah. Okay, Senator, I know I've taken a lot of your time. Is there anything we haven't talked about that you want to say? No, just that we're working every single day. So if anyone has any concerns whatsoever or, you know, frustrated about education, can't get into the appointment setting process through the website, just to give our office a call at 617-722-1646. We're here to help. We know it's a frustrating process. There is light at the end of the tunnel, though. You know, I just say stick with it and uh, we'll, we'll all get there together. Senator Patrick O'Connor, I thank you so much. I really appreciate your thoughts and um, we'll be watching. Thanks, Ellie. Many thanks to my podcasting partner, the beautiful, talented producer-editor Kristen Keefe, and to Ellie Formasano, our intern from Boston College. And, of course, to you, our listener. Don't forget to share us with a friend or reach out on our website to give us feedback. I'm Allie Donnelly. Talk to you soon. Bye.